0: You're listening to the Wild 7 Podcast Network. Listen different.
1: What up YouTube? I'm just here in my garage. Just one part of the multi-million dollar home I just bought. Like no big deal. Everybody's always coming up to me and asking me how I can afford all this, but you know, I always tell them it's not the money you've made so much as the knowledge you've gained from that experience. Plus recording myself watching people watching other people on YouTube really pays off. Behind me you can see my new Lamborghini. Uh, What say we uh, get on in and have a little spin? Okay, it's not starting. Well, you know, it's not about a car working or not so much as the knowledge you gain from that experience. What up, YouTube? Here in my library, you can see behind me some books. Lots and lots of books. Now, some of you haters out there have been saying I haven't read any of these or that I don't even read at all. Well, let me show you. How wrong you are. Let's see, there's this passage I like here. All right, it goes like this The great P. 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 naturi bang jittle zing whatever you know it's not what or how you read so much as the knowledge you gain from that experience what up youtube here in my lab as you can see i've got lots of gizmos and tech stuff around me one of the perks of being endorsed by all these crazy cool companies as they send me free shit so I got this like robot here his name's Todd hello so uh, ever since you've been living here with me Todd like uh, what do you think I am realer than you are well you know it's not what a robot thinks about you So much as the knowledge you gain from that experience. In the words of Alex Rogers. Episode 19. Don't overthink it, folks. Welcome, Wayward Traveler. I've been expecting you. Stay a while and listen. Do y'all remember that guy from the Diablo days? Anyone here play Diablo? That crazy, grim, bloody video game of the 90s? It's not video game, Alex. It's a computer game. You're already old before your time.
0: I know. I know.
1: Welcome back my friends, this is Alex Rogers Recording and reporting from a timeless zone in which you're listening is the now Give it to me now, loud and clear baby Man, I, I'm I'm in a jaunty, silly mood right now because you know we're we're keeping it cool this week. Yes, it's easy to get stressed out. It's very easy. It already was, and it got increased over the last few events. COVID for those who are watching this ten years from now for some odd reason, and it's uh it's worn and torn a lot of our precious senses, and sometimes. When you're driven to your knees and battered around and bruised up by life circumstances. Sometimes a disease brings you to your knees. Sometimes you say, please, and you still get enough of these bad times that feel like crimes jamming around between nickels and dimes. You hear that motor outside? I must confide. It's not the best space. But I'm part of the human race. All right, well, that's your Dr. Seuss portion of this show. Now we got uh, about 27 minutes to kill. Uh, No. All of that is to say, sometimes life is too goddamn crazy to do too goddamn much. And what do you need? You need a little... Mortal Kombat in your life. And yes, I just came from having seen the uh, Mortal Kombat movie. Now, I shouldn't have even said, you know, I shouldn't have said that I just came from that because it makes, it makes it sound like I went to the movie theater. And I didn't. I did it, you know, at home on the old projector. Now, I could also say I just came from seeing... Mortal Kombat, and those who are attuned to a really heightened sense of listening, I'll let the image play for your own self. Thank you, dude. I had a blast. Mortal Kombat is exactly what I needed on a Saturday night. I'm like, I'm gonna set this up like Al Pacino from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, and kind of go for that character, if you're familiar with them, And if not, just let the voice play on you. And Al, I hope I do well by you. So I got home. And I decided I want to watch Mortal
0: Kombat. Haven't seen a movie like that since the 90s. I sit down. I have a blood orange Italian soda. I light up a precious sativa joint of Jack Herrera. And I puff and take a nice inhale. And wow, let me tell you, Mortal Kombat in 2021,
1: that's good. I had a blast, baby. What do you mean? Are you kidding me? You don't take it serious. You go in and you have fun. And to dovetail it into quentin tarantino land as he once said to someone live on tv because it's fun jan get it don't overthink it folks it's mortal combat with a k and and i love how by the way in the movie someone points that out it's like they didn't even spell it right <laughs> i don't know the reason for it my guess is because it was the 90s they thought they were cool by switching the C in combat to a K, or there was some copyright issue where there was already some Mortal Kombat with a C. Who knows? But it's a fun world. And um, look, I'm a child of the 90s. Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat mean so much to me. They are part and parcel to a past and um they're almost like, you know, Beatles and Rolling Stones in terms of equally respected mainstream genre of what they represent. And in this case, these these, these are the rock and roll games of <clears throat> fighting. And they both usually have people who can cast fireballs and do incredible stunts and crazy moves. The thing that made Mortal Kombat unique is that this was a game we were playing and it got bloody as fuck in little something called fatality. And uh, that's usually the last move that you can make on an opponent that you have defeated. And it's everything from tearing the spinal cord and head out of and off the body to manifesting your dragon avatar self to devour your enemy. Um... And man, they made a lot of them. And I think they're all pretty well respected. I must say, I only really got into the ones in the 90s, particularly the first three. But man, what a wonderful part of my past. And I have to say, I love the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. Is that indeed 1995? Hold on a sec. Let me just check here. Oh yeah, 95. I know my dates. I You know, it probably doesn't matter, but for me, I'm very much into that. I, I, I know movies and dates. I have a way of thinking that helps me deal with modern life. I have an intelligence. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely Wapner. De- definitely Wapner. Uh-oh. N- n- d- d- 552. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Mortal Kombat... I remember seeing in the theater with, shout out to you, Miles Frody, artist extraordinaire. This is a buddy who I actually reconnected with recently, and we were pals when we were about 10, 11, 12, those years in which some of our favorite fighting video games were being adapted into mainstream cinema, and I love still Mortal Kombat 1995. Warts and all, because it ain't perfect. In fact, it wasn't perfect even back in the day. Whether you are now judging it for its probably mostly dated 90s-ness, or even in the day going, what the fuck is this shit? But my god, I... Okay, look, you have to understand something, people. Imagine you're a kid in the 90s, and you... Sit in the theater and you're feeling, you know, a little. I mean, speaking for myself, the year before in 1994, Street Fighter was made into a movie. And I, I have to admit, sort of like Heart of Hearts, I'm more of a Street Fighter kid. However, um, Mortal Kombat, I love, and you know, the Yang, of, a part of the heart that otherwise maybe the Yin has of Street Fighter. Get on with it, Alex. So. Street Fighter the movie it's fun but a lot is wrong with it I love me some Jean-Claude Van Damme but it's just awkward to see him as Colonel Guile like as America as fuck character and here's General General Guile from Brussels I mean uh, Texas huh And he is uh, saying, he has one of the greatest lines in that movie, which is, I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is going to feel it. And, uh, Lord bless you, JCVD. And shout out also to Raul Julia, who is an amazing M. Bison. The man was dead dying of cancer, and he pulled off an amazing performance as M. Bison. And I realize this episode is supposed to be about Mortal Kombat, so I can't spend too much time on Street Fighter, but the point is, I do remember at the time being very disappointed that that movie was made into more like a sort of action hero, mission accomplished, espionage, shoot-em-up movie. Not really the martial artist channeling uh, the Chi, the, what are they? Oh, the Arcana. Uh, just, you know, basically shooting fireballs at your palms. Come on, that's what we're here for. I remember that the Ryu character in the Street Fighter movie did the action of Hadouken, did not say Hadouken, and uh, all they did was have a camera flash effect. Like, literally, they, they made the, the whole screen for about a second flash. <laughs> like, like someone came in there saying, how about a close-up? How about a picture? It, you know, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and and you heard a little like kind of <laughs> to it. And there, there, that was your fireball. Ugh. But then the next year, I'm sitting there. The lights dim in the theater. My buddy Miles and I were like, all right, here we go. Here we go. And I'm getting a good feeling already. You know how you just, it's that moment. The, fi- the breath before the plunge. And you go, What is this? Because suddenly you hear
0: Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Fight.
1: Are you out of your fucking mind? I was already like, Yeah! I mean, just, like, going crazy. I, we were, uh, my friend and I, we were just, like, pumping our fists, and we were like, this is fucking awesome already! And not only do we get a good send-up of all the characters we came to love in the video game, and, and I know, I know, and then some purists are going to go, they barely did anything with Sub-Zero, and blah, blah, blah. But, um, oh, yeah, and the casting, all kinds of wrong in some cases. Uh uh, there's, here, here's, actually, let me say one great casting that I defend. You have to give credit to Kerry Hiryuki Tagawa. I think I'm saying his name right. And he played Shang Tsung. He also more recently played Tagomi in Man in the High Castle, the series. And man, I fucking love his performance. Like, your soul is mine, fatality. And one of, one of my favorite moments is where he, he's summoning the spirits of Outworld, and you just see the whites of his eyes, and he just simply goes, It has begun! I mean, dude, he's so fucking great in that movie. And you know who's also great is uh, what I was alluding to earlier, which is the wrong casting choice. <laughs> and that's my man Christopher Lambert, who's just always so goddamn fun. Uh for those of you who don't know, Christopher Lambert is a wonderful actor. He is French, I do believe, or 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 he's from a province where they speak French, okay? Don't don't jump down my throat, but he made his mark doing several roles in the 80s, not the least of which Tarzan and then real iconic Highlander and I fucking love me some Highlander and we will Highland it up on another episode but Christopher Lambert is famously sort of cast in roles that just are not uh, uh, nationality speaking wise really matching who he is so like Tarzan not a Frenchman Connor McLeod of the Clan MacLeod of Scotland and Highlander, not a Frenchman. And then Raiden, the Chinese god of thunder and lightning, fucking far from a Frenchman. (laughs) So yeah, he is uh, doing a great job, though, in that movie with just this kind of, huh, accent. and, And as a result, he doesn't sound like Super French, but he just has a kind of unplaceable accent in each movie he's done. And sure enough, as the god of thunder and lightning, he basically is like, The essence of Mortal Kombat is not about death, but life. And you're like, Oh, okay. I believe you. A great soundtrack, super 90s AF as some of the cool kids might and do say, and it's always been dear to my heart, so it was very important to me that they don't fuck up. I mean, I, I, I guess I didn't really have a dog in the fight because, you know, the first one is not perfect, but it is perfect for me. I mean, let's, let's be honest, folks, the first movie is basically Enter the Dragon done differently. Not even done differently. They, they they even follow the idea that there's like three people, but the Bruce Lee character is Liu Kang, and, you know, you're going to fight many opponents. What I do like about it, though, is it's very much about, as Enter the Dragon is, is like you go to the island where there is a tournament. And so the scenes in the movie are all about this person versus this person. Fight! Now this one, at first... First, I was a little worried because everything's trying to be Marvel mythology with all of these possible threads that you can make prequels and sequels off of and they're trying to make like lore and mythology out of things that sometimes I feel like nah, no 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 you can just make it you know this guy versus that guy and just leave it at that but I gotta say what they do with this new Mortal Kombat movie is pretty fucking fun you got to take it from that first scene where you get some legendary guys and i'm sorry i don't know their names but i love them you got that one guy from the uh the raid um who is sub-zero and you got that other guy legendary japanese actor who is in uh the last samurai which is probably the worst example to give because i know he's done a bunch of iconic things outside of that but but the point is he's scorpion or at least uh, well, you'll, you'll find out soon enough. I didn't spoil anything. You, you'll get it by what he's fighting with in the beginning. You're like, oh, yeah, that Scorpion. Jesus, I, I keep worrying about everyone's feelings, and I have to remember that there's probably about two of you right now listening to it, and one of you is going, you know, this guy really does need to see somebody, and then the other one's saying he does see somebody, and she's worked on him for 10 years, and he's still fucking crazy, so... There's no hope here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, this movie has a lot of fun with its characters. I got to give a major shout out to the guy who played Kano. Oh my God, he was fucking great. This uh, this Aussie actor. And uh, <laughs> he's just... The thing is, that character Kano is sort of famously part of the game but maybe not the best character and also you can do a lot with him because he's actually very terrestrial. He, there there's some characters in Mortal Kombat that are on a near mythological level due to the reason that they can often, you know, bend physics and do crazy things with supernatural powers or indeed sometimes they're half obscured by their ninja garb. But uh Kano is just a dirty mercenary who's like uh, you know, he, he, he sells his weapons and his fists for, for a lot of dirty shit, and, uh, and he's, he has no morals, and he's so fun as a result, because he kind of just doesn't give a fuck, um, no, he was great, and, uh, so the movie had a lot of fun with itself, and it definitely did do a bit of honoring of the 90s movies, of, of the, ni- well, There's two movies from the 90s, and I kind of only include the first one. Because I remember even in the 90s thinking in Mortal Kombat, Annihilation. It was so funny. I was so young at the time. I thought I'd said Inhalation. Oh, Alex. And uh, because you're right, it's like Inhalation. Yeah, because you got to inhale that Arcana, that Chi, that power. Um, But yeah. I'm I'm more into that very first one. 95, baby. It's crazy how more and more I start to feel that kind of like star metal of vintage I get to say so whenever I talk about the 90s. Because, you know, I wish sometimes I could say, oh yeah, back in the 80s. Because I was born in the 80s. The thing about being born in a decade is chances are you don't remember much of that decade. And because I was born... Minutes before 1984, I do, I I remember 1989. I do remember that, my friends. I have a clear memory of my mom confirming for me the date in 1989. Damn, okay, so that's my 80s memory. But that's 89, we're on our way out. 90s, I'm proud to say I have a fresh and dear memory of that decade. In my own way, because I didn't get into every token thing. Um, but some of them I did, including Mortal Kombat. And this new movie, look, it's no deeper than Godzilla versus Kong. And I fucking loved that too. Um, you know, again, as I said at the beginning here, sometimes it's about having fucking fun with just mythological like, bullshit like this. That really doesn't have a stake in deepening your appreciation of the cinema which is funny because i used to be very anal about that and i'm starting to loosen up especially when i know exactly what i'm getting into it's like oh kaiju battle all right let's lower the expectations oh mortal combat with ak come on now let's 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 just have fun here so if you like martial arts oh and if you like some shockingly brutal bloody scenes because it's fatalities galore in that movie Uh, Just, you know, go in with a a strong stomach and uh, you'll have a blast. Now, the guy who recommended I even check out Mortal Kombat is a guy whose opinion I trust on the matter because he also is a kid of the 90s. And he's a friend of mine as early as the early 2000s. And we met in high school and we've been pals since. And his name is Alec, Mr. Alec A. Head. And this man is a film aficionado, a mean guitarist, and a wicked lyricist on top of that. I mean, when I met the guy, he had Jesus-length hair and pretty much always had a guitar on him at some point and you never knew where it came from either one minute you're talking and you you turn to him and he would be going ding 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 and tuning it and finding something and listening to it and playing it back to himself and crafting the sound as he goes and nowadays the man has his own band it's called ghostbound i love that title And it looks cool, too, when you look at it on their album covers. The font, the style, Ghostbound. You see, Alec came on the frosty whirlwinds of a Victorian gust as it made its way through the valleys and beaches of Carmel. And he rode those winds into... A coastal reverie. And the man carries with him that kind of winter magic in any climate you find yourself. And he comes in with that thundering beat of metal. And the man knows his metal more than I can meddle with. In fact, the man is made of metal. No, I'm kidding. That would be funny, though. This is Alec. Thank you very, very much. Uh, no, no. He uh, he knows his death metal from his black metal to his gray and yellow and pink metal. Look, I'm not a judgmental man. I'll have lunch with anybody. No, he, he, he knows the full spectrum. And not just that, he just knows his music. The man is listening to three albums at once. He's watching two movies at a time. He's got five books on each finger. And he also writes the lyrics and sings the words and plays guitar in his band, Ghostbound. And my friends, he's just released an EP.
0: What's that?
1: Well, Cindy Lou Who... EP is an extended play. Oh, I know what that is. Now, Priscilla, we don't get into that here. Extended play. It's like a time-respecting album. If you're on the go, but you want to have a complete experience, that's when the EP comes in. It's five wonderfully woven tracks. And I dug the whole experience. Again, in that little Pacino and I, I sat down, I lowered the lights, I put on the headphones to make sure that both sides, the
0: L and the R, were interchanging. I sparked a beautiful
1: blue dream crossed with blueberry haze joint. And I realize for some of you weed purists out there, you're going to say, well, blueberry haze is part of the ingredients in blue dream. But you try improvising what weed you're smoking in a thing
0: you're coming off with the top of your head. And I smoked the joint and I got into the music. And let me tell you. I fucking loved it!
1: There's a lot of beauty and melancholy. And depth. And scope. And memories and projections. And gray and blue and black. As you see and feel. In the ocean itself. And the name of this EP is Extended Play for My Sweet Merry Time. And I want to play for you all a track. It was hard to figure out which track I wanted to play because well gosh darn it, they're all so gall darn good. But the one that spoke to me is a little something called "Bosun's Lament. Now, that's not Boatswain's lament, and I hope about two of you got that, and one of you was most likely in a high school production of The Tempest. So we'll just leave it at that and leave the rest of the audience confused. And mind you, the rest of the audience has been confused since about a minute 32 since the start of the show, so <laughs> nothing new there. I'm gonna save my thoughts and images after we all hear it together. But please, whatever you like to do when you get into that space to dive into the sonic landscape of a good song, do it and sit back and let's take a voyage and get into that feeling of Bosun's Lament. you know it, that right there Bosun's Lament by Ghostbound and that's off their new EP Extended Play for My Sweet Merry Time I recommend the entire journey from start to finish and I really should say The Voyage because that's what this experience is man, that I, I love the harmonies and, you know, that's that's all Alec, I found out. Just probably making, you know, 16 tracks of his own voice. I don't know how many, but, you know, the, he did a beautiful surrounding globe of his own voice in those moments. Ah, oh, there's so much excellent sadness in this song. And I, and I love this idea of feathers being plucked from these miserable sailors... It evokes some interesting imagery. What's that one? Let me just look at the lyrics here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We open our mouths to catch the rain. Our muscles racked with aches and pain. We cannot look towards the light. Our sanity of flock of birds in flight. They pluck our feathers in the dead of night. We... The wayward souls are mourning. Dang. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I almost see it as uh, seagulls being, uh, or just, you know, any, any co- not a seagull. Jesus, that's so lazy. What's that bird? It's a seagull. Let, let's get a little more creative here. A cormorant? An albatross? 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 It could be, uh... It could be, uh, how about, um, a pterodactyl? All right, too creative. The point is, there is this, uh... There's something natural being slave-driven by some evil operation on a ship. That's at least a feeling I get. I'm not sure if that's the complete picture, but I get this. You know what it reminds me of really beyond the imagery of rowing and toiling at some rhythm that you didn't choose that you nevertheless have to partake in as you row this ship to God knows where? Employment. Especially when you're in that drudgery of dreary employment and you just got to keep showing up. And rowing that fucking ship. And they're plucking your feathers every day. Well, one of the ways we can row at our own ship's pace is helping each other out. And I recommend the whole experience. As I was trying to say before, but then I went on my own little... (whistles) So, you can support Ghostbound on their Bandcamp web page. You're going to see the info at the bottom of this episode. Buy their album. Support local artists. And when I say local, I don't mean next to you in your town. I'm talking about people who, like you and I, are trying to make a little carving of their own sense of joy in this uncoordinated and unplanned vibration of life. Yeah, sometimes they have the ship set out that you got to row in, and then other times we have our own ships that we got to keep sailing, because if we don't, we're only going to be dead husks rowing other people's ships. So help this man out in his beautiful vessel, the ghost-bound vessel. And go to the Bandcamp webpage, help him out, spread the word, and have a good listen. And may you voyage into an ocean that is made and is of your making. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your rhyme.